Praise the Lord Life Church. Praise the Lord Life Church. Praise the Lord Life Church. Hallelujah. I'm not going to ask you if you're happy to be in the house of God today. I'm not going to ask you how you're doing. I'm going to ask how many can give God praise in this house today. Because I know we go through afflictions, we go through situations, and we might not feel good, we might not feel happy today. But can somebody give God praise even in the midst of what's happening, even in the midst of what you're going through? How many can give God praise today in this house? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So, um, surprise, I'm going to speak the word of God today. <laughs> um, thank, I want to thank God, first of all, and Pastor Michael for, the, for entrusting me with this, with this task. Um, he's, he's, uh, he's at home with, with his family, and, and we hope that they're, uh, they're feeling better soon. Um, so we'll, we'll pray for them. Can we give uh, our pastor a round of applause? Amen. 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 And um, I want to acknowledge my family that's, that's here with me today. My mom's here. Uh, she's over there. And uh, my wife is back from maternity leave. And I think, I think is Life Church's newest member, Elizabeth Haven Trejo, is in the back. She's probably going to sleep through this whole thing, so I'm going to try not to be offended at that. Um, She's our, she's, she's our amazing new baby girl, and uh, last time I, I was up here, I, I think I, I, I gave thanks to God for the little bean that was growing inside of my, my wife's uh, womb, and in the moment, I didn't think about, about it, but we're Mexican, so I didn't want anyone to think that I was calling her a little bean because we're Mexican, but I mean, it's, it's all right, even if it, she's a little bean, we're, we're She's, she's, she's awesome. Um, but it's, it's amazing. It's, I, I think we've, we're, we get to see another facet of God's love demonstrated. Um, so it's a beautiful thing. And I, and I want to thank God publicly for just all the blessings that, that he's given us. And I want to acknowledge this church. I want to acknowledge Life Church. Uh, every week you guys come out and we have church under a tent, and we feel the glory of God come down, and we make it happen every week, and people are being saved, people are being reached, and the word of God is being preached in this region, so give yourselves a hand for, for coming out and making it happen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. With the help of the Lord, I'd like to share with you what God has placed in my, in my mind. I don't want to take up too much of your time, um, so, so just uh, just... Just bear with me for, for a few moments, and, and uh, we're, we're just going to go through what God has, has placed in my heart. I believe that God has, has a word, um, and if God edifies you today, it's because God loves his people. It's not, because, um, it's not because of my preparation or anything. It's because God has, has chosen to, to, to speak uh, to us today. So uh, without further ado, we're going to let the, the, the children go to, uh, to Life Kids, and uh, before we dive into the word, I, I, we want to um, acknowledge the, the Tovar family. We know that there's been a tragedy in, in, their, um, in their lives and, and in our lives because we we're all family. And so we're, we're holding them up in our prayers. Um, the, the, the Bible says that when, um, when one member of the body hurts, that we all hurt. Amen. And so we feel their, their pain today. And um, 
next Saturday, this, this coming Saturday, there's, there's going to be a funeral service. Um, and more information will be given out via email. Um, so be, be on the lookout for that. Um, but we stand with the Tovar family in this, in this difficult time. Um, so our prayers go out to them. Amen. Amen. Let's, let's pray one more time. Amen. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you, Jesus, for this amazing blessing that you've given us to come into your house, Lord Jesus, and to, to feel your presence, to sing to you, Lord God, to be able to dwell, Lord God, with, with your spirit, Lord Jesus. We pray that uh, you, would be, you were pleased with our worship, you were pleased with our praise, Lord God, and now we pray that you would in turn give us a word from heaven, that you would edify us, that it would not be me speaking, but you edifying and loving on your people today, Lord God. We praise you, we magnify you in the precious name of Jesus Christ. We pray, amen, amen. Give the Lord another hand praise in the house of God today. Hallelujah. You may take your seats at this moment. Hallelujah. I want to set up my, my title before, before we put it up on the screen. It's gonna, it might seem a little strange. Um, in 2011, a comedian by the name of Jeff Foxworthy, some of you might be familiar with his work, coined a phrase, and this phrase was, hold my beer. That's not my title. That's not my title. Don't get scared. But Jeff Foxworthy is, is a self-identified, self-proclaimed redneck. That's what he calls himself. Not what I'm calling him. I would never do that. But he has this joke, and he says, what, um, what are a redneck's last words? He says, hold my beer. And since then, uh, hold my beer has become somewhat of a of a moniker or, or a saying that, that you see in a lot of memes. Um, usually uh, before somebody's going to do something outrageous, something scandalous, and something maybe seemingly impossible. So um, Hold My Beer is, is, is you'll, if you look it up on the Internet, you'll, you'll see a lot of people doing a lot of dumb things, um, a lot of ill-advised activities. Uh, so... That's that's what that's what that is, and over the years, it's it's become this uh, this saying of before somebody is going to do some sort of feat of of uh, danger or something, they'll, they'll say hold hold my beer or hold hold my whatever. So so this saying has has transcended its original meaning, and so now it it has become something like you you can replace beer with other things because you know you would never be holding a beer, right? So you you can't say that. Um, but naturally, you would ask somebody to hold something that's valuable to you while you're uh, performing a, a, a task that might seem a little dangerous. Um, and maybe if it's not dangerous, it just might be difficult to do. So you need all your, um, all your faculties. You need both hands. And so a few examples. Uh, bear with me. Um, when a name sounds simple and it's just as easily spelled, like my name is Ivan, right? Uh, but when I go to Starbucks, um, for some reason... After the person asks me my name, they'll write down a completely different name on the cup, right? Have, have you guys experienced that? So a, a Starbucks barista might say, um, this name is easy. And somebody might say, hold my apron while I misspell this name. Um, when a mom is going to go off on somebody, a mom sees some sort of injustice, she might want to go off on somebody and she'll say, uh, hold my purse, right? Or... Um, 
Um, if she's really feisty, she might say, hold my baby, you know. Um, when, you're, uh, when you're at a, a, a birthday party and nobody can break the piñata, uh, there's that one cousin that's just a little bit bigger than everybody else, and he's like, hold my torta or whatever while I break this piñata. Um, amen. Some of us were that cousin. That li- um, or when a rundown neighborhood in the middle of Los Angeles or East L.A. Uh, may look too dangerous. Um, there's a hipster out there that's like, hold my kombucha while I put a retro bowling alley in the middle of Highland Park. Because <laughs> there is no feet too, um, too dangerous or too, too big when... If you have the right support, you say to somebody, hold, hold this thing of value of mine while I, while I take on this task. I didn't come up with all of these, um, just the ones that weren't so funny. Um, so let me continue to set up my title. Some time ago, we were uh, having Bible study at, at Tony's house. And shout out to Tony. It's one of the best life group hosts. And shout out to all the guys. Amen. And so we, we had just finished going over the word of God. We had, we had a, an awesome time of of uh, diving into God's word, and so naturally we were getting ready to uh, partake in some productive and edifying fellowship by ordering some Little Caesars and playing some uh, some video games. And so, as we were setting up these video games, I'm setting up a profile on, on one of the computers, on one of the televisions, and I asked somebody, I'm like, "Hey, what should my profile name be?" And I, I don't remember what the first suggestion was, but I didn't really like it much. But I remember uh, Esteban, he, he, he's a quiet guy, but he's very funny. And um, as I'm setting up uh, this, this game console, he's like, oh, your, your, your name should be Hold My Bible. So I was like, perfect. You know, like now when I eliminate somebody in this game, like they're going to get a notification that says, Hold My Bible just sniped you or Hold My Bible just shot you. So in my case, I wasn't doing anything dangerous, anything of great consequence or anything very impressive for that matter, but maybe some saints have at one time or another had to say, hold my Bible while I get down in these trenches. Hold my Bible while I, uh, while I do something uh, for the Lord. Maybe a, a zealous preacher might say, hold my Bible while I cast out this demon. Amen. Um, but we're not going to talk about what we can do when somebody holds our Bible. Today is not about what we might do with our capabilities. Rather, we're going to talk about what God can do when we hold his Bible. We're going to talk about what God can do when we hold on to his word. Can I get an amen in the house today? I'd like to preach about what God can do for us when we hold on to his word. Amen. What, what can God do when, when we free him up to do whatever he wants to do in our lives, when we give him um, free reign to do whatever he wants? I know um, sometimes we might feel capable of ourselves and equipped, and that's great. God wants us to, to feel skilled and confident. But what we can do is nothing compared to what God can do. Amen? What we can do is nothing to what God can do on our behalf. So when, there's, when we're in a situation where we've exhausted our options, God is telling us, hold my Bible. Hold my Bible. Hold this word. Hold on to this word and see what I can do. And so God is saying, hold on to this word for various reasons. We mentioned earlier that hold my whatever, whatever you want to place in there is when somebody's going to do something outrageous, something scandalous, something impressive. And I might add maybe sometimes something wonderful. So what does God want to demonstrate when, when we hold on to his word? He wants to demonstrate that his word is powerful. 
He wants to demonstrate that his word is powerful. Is there anybody in the house that believes that God's word is powerful? Amen. So Jeremiah 23 verse 29 says, Is not my word like a fire, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces? God's word is powerful. Amen. God's word is the agent of creation. God's word is what holds this universe together, what holds your reality together. God's word is powerful enough to sustain the universe. Amen. And God's word is powerful enough to sustain your life. Amen. In Genesis 1, 3, the first things that were uttered in the Bible were, let there be light. And by the virtue of God's word and the power therein, there was light. Because when God speaks, something has to happen. When God speaks, something needs to change. And so when God said, let there be light, light appeared out of nowhere. I believe that Genesis 1-1 actually sets up. It's all about making an audience. The Bible says in the beginning, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Amen? And so God is creating space to speak into. He's creating time to speak and he creates an earth to speak to. Genesis 1-1 needs to be there because God needs an audience to listen to his word. So Genesis 1-1 sets up the entirety of the Bible for God to speak to. Genesis 1-1 is the anchor. And if, there, if it wasn't for Genesis 1-1, we wouldn't be able to hear God. We wouldn't be able to, to see what God's word has created. But because he does this, and then in Genesis 1-3, he says, let there be light. There's something for, that, that listens to him and something that responds and something that reverberates to his voice. And when he says, let there be light, light appears. We can get into a whole preaching about, about this, but our point today is that God created everything just by the authority of his word. Amen? How many believe that today? So the phrase in the beginning, we, we see it a couple times in the Bible. And one of those times is in, uh, is in Genesis 1-1 and another time is in John 1-1. When, when describing Jesus, uh, John describes him as the word. He says, in the beginning was the word. Amen. And he says, all things were made through him in verse 3. And without him, nothing was made that was made. Describing Jesus as the creative power. Describing Jesus as the word of God. The word of God is powerful. Amen. The word of God is powerful. The, the word of God holds reality together. The word of God holds this universe together. Amen. The word of God can edify your soul. It can feed your spirit. It can direct your path. It can guide your family. It can instruct a nation. The word of God is powerful. Amen. The word of God is a discerner of thoughts and the intents of man. According to Hebrews 4, verse 12 says that, is, that the word of God is living and it is powerful. Amen. And God has given us the capability to speak the word of God when we read his word. Amen. And there is power in speaking scripture into your situation. How many believe that? How many have been witness to that? I've seen people heal. I've seen demons flee just at the reading of God's word. Because this word is alive. This word is powerful. This word can do anything. The Bible says, and Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is power unto salvation. There is power in this word. How many believe that today? Hallelujah. Give God some praise today if you know that the word of God is powerful. If you've seen the power of the, of the word of God in your life, can you give God some praise in this house today? Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Thank you, God, for your word. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Hallelujah. God wants us to hold on to his word to demonstrate that it is powerful. God also wants us to hold on to his word to demonstrate that it is everlasting. How many know that the word of God lasts forever? The word of God will never let you down. Amen. The same word that created the universe still stands today. The same command that was given in the beginning of time that said, let there be light, sustains light to this day. How many believe that today? The Bible says in Matthew 24, 35, says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Hallelujah. When we grow old and we pass on, this word will remain. When this nation ceases to exist and another world power comes to take over this world, this word would, will remain. When the church is taken up in the rapture and, and the world falls into chaos, this word will remain. When we all go to heaven and we're all praising Jesus together and we're all in, in one accord and we're all in front of God's throne, this word will remain. This word will remain past everything. So if there's something that, that you want to hold on to, if you want, something, if you want to find something secure to, to tie your life to, you can tie your, your life to the thing that's, that's going to be more everlasting than anything else in this world. The, Bible, the, the Word of God says that His Word will remain. The, the earth and the heavens will pass away, but this Word will remain. If you need to anchor your life today, if you've been struggling to find something to, to give you meaning in your life, to some, something that gives you a, a purpose in your life, you can tie your life to the most everlasting tool in the world, the, the Word of God today. Hallelujah. God's Word is powerful. God's Word is everlasting. And God wants us to hold on to His Word to demonstrate that it is alive. And that's what we want to get to today. The Word of God is alive. Hallelujah. Again, Hebrews 4 verse 12 says that it is living and it is powerful. How many believe that today? The word of God is alive. I wanted to put up a graphic up on the screen. I don't know if, uh, if, if uh, Howard can help me out. I can't see the screen, so if you guys see it, say amen. All right. Thank you, two people. Um, it might be a little tough to make out. I'm not sure. But um, what you should be seeing right now is uh, it's an image of... 63,779 cross-references in the Bible. And every line, in the, every line that you see, um, every line that you see in this graphic is a cross-reference from one point of the Bible to another. This is what somebody in the digital world might call a hyperlinked text. And it's something that has not been witnessed anywhere other than in the Bible before the age of computers. Hyperlinked text is something so advanced that, that it, would, it would take, it would take a, a crazy amount of coordination to, to be able to pull this off. Throughout the course of 1,500 years of writers and men and, 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 and writers that, that were inspired by the Word of God. Because they weren't writing just by their own, um, by their own knowledge and by their, what, what, they, what they wanted to write down. They were writing down the living Word of God. And so what you see uh, depicted in this image is how God's word is alive. And when you read one part of the word, it will, it will direct you to another part that was maybe written hundreds of years later or hundreds of years before that. 
Why? Because there is such detail and there's such beauty and there's such elegance in the word of God. And it could not be less beautiful. It could not be any less elegant because God has exalted his word as his name, the Bible says. So the word of God needs to be this beautiful. It needs to be this elegant. Look at that. If you can't see it, it's a beautiful depiction of what, of, of the intentionality of God's word as it is being written down. And this simple text, God's word is so alive and so profound. It's, it's so simple that a child can read it, but it's so profound that even the smartest person can never reach the depths of the meaning in this, in this book. It's a love letter. It's, it's a roadmap for your life. It's a living, living word. Can somebody say amen to that today? I love the word of God. I love the word of God. And you should too. There's, there's, there's promises for you and your family in this word. Over 3,000 promises for your life. But can I tell you today that it doesn't matter how many promises are in here if you do not read this book. The only thing that you need to do to access this word is believe in Jesus and read this word. Hallelujah. To access, to access the treasures that are inside. God has a plan for all of us. And this plan is written out. And in, in, in beautiful text, it instructs, it corrects, and it edifies, and it gives life. Hallelujah. His word is beautiful. His word is powerful. His word is inseparable from himself. And the embodiment of God's word is none other than Christ himself. One of the most impactful statements in the Bible, maybe the most outrageous Maybe the most scandalous, maybe the most impressive, maybe the most wonderful is that the word became flesh. John 1.14 tells us that the word became flesh and he dwelt among us. Oh, I pray that somebody can grasp onto that right now. The word of God became flesh and he dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. And you might say, well, Jesus, Jesus wasn't supposed to be a beautiful person. Isaiah, Isaiah tells us that, that, that he wasn't supposed to be something beautiful as to be desired. But the glory, and the glory that we beheld in Jesus was that he was completely human, but he spoke completely as God. Did somebody receive that today? When Jesus opened his mouth, it was God speaking to humanity. All of those red words that you see in your Bible, those are straight from the, from the mouth of Jesus. And that is God speaking through his veil of flesh. He dwelt among us. That word dwelt literally means he, he, he was in a tent. He lived in a tent. Just as a, the, the children of Israel were in tents when they were in the desert. God, he, he, he gives his word, and the Bible says that we beheld his glory, and he dwelt, the word became flesh, and he dwelt among us. He literally came and encamped with us. He became part of, of who we are. He, be, he, be, he became uh, covered with, with the things that we are covered with. He became restricted by the things that we are restricted with. And there's such beauty in that. There's such beauty in that, that Jesus, the word of God, came and limited himself to be a human, to be a person, 
to be limited to hunger, to be limited to sleep, to be limited to being tired, to be limited to cognition like we humans are. But the word of God needed to become flesh because there was no other force in the universe stronger than the word of God. The word of God created the universe. And the Bible says that Jesus came down to reconcile the world unto himself. The glory that we beheld could not be seen with our mortal eyes, but we saw a man dwell among us that spoke as God. The Jews couldn't wrap their minds around it, and they sought to incarcerate him. And in John chapter 10, verse 33, says the Jews answered him, saying, for a, for a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy, and because that thou being a man makest thyself God. They weren't mad at him because he healed the sick. They weren't mad at him because he raised the dead. They weren't mad at him because he fed multitudes. They were mad at him because him being a man said that he was God. But when the Pharisees sent guards to arrest them, the guards came back and they, they, and they didn't mention, hey man, we can't arrest them because there's too many people. Hey man, we can't arrest him because he's feeding us. Hey, we, we can't arrest him because uh, he, has, he has 12 best friends that would probably beat us up. They said, we can't arrest him. No man has ever spoken like this man. John 7, 46 says, the officers answered, no man ever spoke like this man. Why? Because Jesus was the word made flesh. Jesus was the word made flesh. We may not be able to wrap our minds, our human minds around the nature of God, but we can say this with certainty because John chapter 1 verse 1 says that in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. And when we hold on to God's Word, we are holding on to God and Jesus himself. Can somebody say amen in this house today? I know it might sound strange to some, and someone might think, I need to fast and pray and meditate to find God's hand. And yes, that's all necessary and important, but it needs to go along with this book. It needs to go along with God's word, amen? Holding on to God's hand. The Bible says for holding on to God's word is, is like holding on to God's hand, Amen? Psalm 138 verse 12 says, For you have magnified your word above your name. That's powerful. He's exalted this word above his name. Jesus is the word incarnate. And so when we hold on to the word, we're trusting and we're holding on to Jesus. And there's someone in here that might, have, might be going through something tough. And there, there's, I'm sure there's hundreds of testimonies that are represented here that when situations become too heavy God has told us to hold on to his word and there's nowhere else to turn to but God has been faithful to say hold on to my Bible so when situations become too grave and too dangerous God says hold my Bible when all we see around us is fear and godlessness God says, hold my Bible. When we don't know where to turn or where to run to, God says, hold my Bible. When the government has turned away from God, he says, hold my Bible. When it seems like there's no hope for humanity, God says, hold my Bible. 
when, it, when we face sorrow and loss and sadness, God says, hold my Bible. When we need healing in our body, God says, hold my Bible. When we need provision for our families, God says, hold my Bible. When we need a breakthrough in our situation, God says, hold my Bible. When we need strength in our bodies and energy for ourselves, God says, hold my Bible. When we need to redirect our lives and when we need to help others, God says, hold my Bible. When we need to reach a community, when we need to reach a city, when we need to reach our neighbors and our coworkers, God says, hold my Bible. Hold my Bible. Hold my Bible. Look at what I can do when you hold on to my word. See what I can do when you hold this word. See what I can change when you hold on to this word. I want to challenge somebody today. You might be going through something and God is letting, and you might not know what to do. And God is telling you today, hold on to this word. Hold on to this word. The Bible says that he is faithful, that he does not repent, that he does not take things back. And so when he says something, you can hold on to it. Hold on to this word. Hold on to this Bible. There's nothing that God can't do. I said there's nothing that God can't do. Does somebody believe that today? Can somebody attest to that? Is there a testimony in the house that you've gone through something? You've gone through fire. You've gone through a situation. And the only thing that you can hold on to is God's unchanging word. And that you speak into a situation and you speak scripture into something. And you see God's hand move. God is letting you know today. You might be going through the thick of it, but if you can hold on to the word, I will be waiting for you on the other side. I'm going to pull you through. Hold on to this never-changing word. Hold on to this Bible. Hold on to me. Hold on to Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, can we give God praise in this house today? There's nothing that God can't do. And when God chooses to do something, he does it by speaking. There's nothing that the word of God cannot accomplish. Amen? So much so that when sin had taken over this world and had corrupted mankind to the point where humanity was lost... And bound to hell. The Bible says that God sent his word. Made flesh. To save the world. To reconcile the world unto himself. God made use of his greatest agent of authority. And he sent down his word to earth to reconcile it unto himself. God saw the condition of the world. But he's always had a plan. A lamb that was slain before the foundations of the world, the Bible says. The word that was with them from the beginning. He looked down at a situation that needed nothing less than his word to come down in the form of a man. God said, hold my Bible in a veil of flesh. And the redemptive plan of God was complete when that incarnate word died for you and me on that cross. Again, Hebrews 4 tells us that the, living, that the word of God is living and powerful. And immediately points us to verse 14 in that same chapter saying, Seeing that we have a, high, a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. 
For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. See, after, after Jesus completed his sacrifice on the cross, the Bible says that he passed through the heavens. And this is an imagery that points us back to the Old Testament when the priest would offer a sacrifice. And, with, with, and he would take that blood of that sacrifice and he would carry it into the Holy of Holies. And he would sprinkle it across the mercy seat. You see, when Jesus was slain for us, when the word of God embodied in flesh was sacrificed and Jesus bled for us. He was sacrificed and priest. And so he went into heaven. He passed through heavens. And he sprinkled his blood on the mercy seat, becoming the appropriation for our sins. Isaiah 55 verse 11 says, So shall my word be that go for, goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void. It shall not return unto me void. See, when Jesus came down to this world, he could not return empty-handed into heaven because he is the word of God. And so as he goes forth, he would not return void. That's why Jesus says, in my father's house, in my father's house, there is a place for you, and I go to prepare a place for you. Why? Because the word of God could not return to God empty-handed. Is somebody grasping that today in this house? Jesus didn't come to this world just to, to do something nice for us and to go back to heaven. Rather, Jesus, the word of God, has come forth from the, from the mouth of God, and it shall not return to him void. It shall accomplish, the Bible says, that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Jesus was the only suicide mission that was meant to succeed. God is faithful, and he wants us to know that in time of uncertainty, and need, we can hold on to him. God wants us to know that his word is powerful. God wants us to know that his word is everlasting. And God wants us to know that his word is living. Can we stand in, this, in the house of God today? Can we just give God a, a praise? Can we just give God honor and glory right now? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I see God getting ready to do even more outrageous, scandalous, incredible things in the midst of us today. And I see God looking down at us, and he's saying, hold my Bible. God is looking down, and he's smiling at us, and he's saying, hold my Bible. God is getting ready to do miraculous things in this place. Hallelujah. How many believe that today? How many are going to hold on to God's word? How many are going to hold on to God's promises? How many are going to hold on to what God has written for us in this, in this word? Hallelujah. Come on, can we just give God praise? Can we give God honor for what he has done for us? 
Can we give God the praise for everything that he did for us? Everything that he's doing and everything that he's going to do. Come on, can we give God praise for the amazing things that are getting ready to happen in Life Church? Come on, can we give God praise for the amazing things that are going to happen in our families and in our communities? Come on, can we give God praise for the, for the salvation that's going to come to our town, to our cities, to our places of work? Come on, if we speak the word of God into a place, the Bible says that it cannot return void. And the Bible says that what we bind here, he would bind in heaven. And what we loosen here, he would loosen heaven. He has given us authority and he has given us the greatest tool that is his word. Come on, can somebody shout hallelujah? Can somebody give God praise in this house today? Hallelujah, Jesus. We give you glory, God. moments just give God praise give God praise give God honor like you know that he's here like you know that he can hear you hallelujah Jesus if you want to come up to this altar if you want to find somebody to pray with right now is an appropriate time hallelujah I encourage you to speak the words of God into, into somebody's life today I encourage you to speak the word of God into your family today As we lift up our praise, as we lift up our worship, can we lift up a proclamation of God's word over our family? Can we claim the word of God? Can we claim Jesus over our family? Hallelujah. Come on, can somebody give God praise in this house today? Just begin to worship, begin to magnify. Begin to worship, begin to magnify him. Give him praise, give him glory. Find somebody to pray with right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. We honor you, Lord God. We praise you. We give you glory. You're worthy of our worship. Thank you, Jesus, for your word, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus, for the power that you've given us in your word, Jesus. Thank you, God, for giving us a word to hold on to, Jesus. In the midst of our struggles, in the midst of our pain, thank you, God, for giving us an anchor, Lord God, that holds fast through any situation, Jesus. Thank you, God, for being our word, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus, for your love, Lord Jesus. We love you, God. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. God is touching somebody in this house today. God is speaking to somebody today. God loves his people. And because of God's love, he is speaking to you today. God is speaking to somebody today. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. The breakthrough that you need today is in God's word. The promise that you need to claim is in God's word. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. One last time all across this place. Can we lift up our hands and just begin to worship, begin to magnify with your own words. Can you love Jesus back right now? With your own voice, can you give God praise? Come on, can you lift up a sound of worship right now? Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you for your word, God. Hallelujah. 
it the name of Jesus wonderful? Yes. Oh, isn't the name of Jesus wonderful? Mm. Oh, all the world can come to Him and have their sins removed. Oh, isn't the name of Jesus wonderful? Isn't the name of Jesus beautiful? Yes. Oh, isn't the name of Jesus beautiful? Yes. Oh, Son of God, one of us, the lover of our souls. Isn't the name of Jesus beautiful? Said eternal King. Eternal King, you will reign forever, and we will see, see the glory of your name. Be lifted high, be lifted high for all the world to see. Your name is all we need, your name is all. Said eternal, eternal. So isn't the name of Jesus powerful? Oh, isn't the name of Jesus powerful? Mm, Chains are broken when it's spoken And every knee must bow Oh, isn't the name of Jesus powerful? Eternal King 